We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and as always I'm joined on today's show by Sean Siegel. It is just after week three of the NFL season, I did want to start off today's show on a more somber note, unfortunately. I know a lot of our listeners will be a major part of the online fantasy football community, and we did lose a big part of that over the last couple of days in Mike Tagliere. Of fantasy pros a lot of people will have followed his work including the primer which was a big piece uh, over the last couple of seasons i know it was invaluable to so many people around the fantasy football community unfortunately lost his battle with covid i just wanted to mention at the start um you know a lot of people have talked about how positive an influence he was to them and how much time he would have spent with different people again around the community i know pat fist morris who i also produced the podcast for the fits on fantasy podcast was very close friends with mike he did release a show on monday just a kind of tribute show i would recommend people go and listen to that if they want to hear some stories about mike and pat's time together from different scenarios but i did want to mention at the start just the gofundme page that has been set up for his family and i would uh, urge anyone who has uh, the ability to do so to go and donate some funds to that i have retweeted it on my twitter feed um, a number of times over the last couple of days so i'd recommend them um, if you can to donate to that so i just wanted to give a mention at the start of the show mike was a fantastic guy even back a couple of years ago before i had my daughter I did a series on, uh, it was called Learning to Dad, just kind of a novelty series to get to know some people around the fantasy football community who had children to get some uh, kind of tips and tricks on what what to expect. So Mike did come on that. I did listen to it back over the weekend. Uh, It was a difficult lesson for myself, but uh, I have to say some of the advice he gave me, I use each and every day with my daughter. So I'll always be grateful to him for that. But uh, really sad news, and again, I would I would urge, if you can, to donate to that GoFundMe for his family, uh, a big loss to the fantasy football community. Yeah, and unfortunately, you know, so many people have had to deal with situations like this over the last 
year to, to two years. And uh, we appreciate so much the fantasy football community, both in terms of rallying around people. I know a lot of Rotoviz writers have donated to that, as have uh, just a huge number of people in the fantasy community. And so we love to see people support each other, even and especially in uh, sad circumstances like this, and, and hopefully as well, uh, fantasy football and the OT community and those kinds of things have been a support and a refuge, you know, during this time period. So Colin, thank you for letting people know about that and, and how they can contribute. And uh, it's, you know, with our condolences, obviously, that uh, we think about this situation. So Colin, as we try and transition from that, it was a weird and often very fun week of fantasy football. I have to say that it was kind of bookended for me on a sour note. Losing Christian McCaffrey on the Thursday night game uh, was a disappointment, uh, whether or not you have him on your rosters. And in some cases, I know there are fantasy participants who, especially since this isn't a super serious injury, you know, there's a little bit of a relief that maybe now they can compete with some of these Christian McCaffrey teams. I know Blair and I have a team like that. And I was joking just last week that we were in first place and that really wasn't even an accomplishment because, you know, it was almost impossible not to be in first place with a CMC start. Although in a second, we'll talk about a listener league where we have CMC and we're definitely not in first place. But <laughs> then a lot of, of great things happened during the weekend. And unfortunately, then it sort of concluded again on a pretty sour note. The, the Monday Night Football game last night was gross, right? I mean, if you're just a, a pure Dallas Cowboys reality fan, you're probably pretty excited but otherwise, the, the usage of C.D. Lamb in this one was uh, just simply put, it was pretty demoralizing. So uh, we're not worried about Lamb long term, but I had a number of leagues that I felt great about going into the night that lost. And, you know, it's just through three weeks, but you, you do want to win instead of lose. And so that was frustrating. Colin, we look at our team's our Termsman Rampagement FBG team that got all of the notoriety when uh, you <laughs> tweeted that link out, the one where it was extreme zero running back, uh, that team was one point out of first place. And uh, if, if Lamb had had a normal game, would be in first place. So again, we see the power of zero running back there. Our main event team is two and one and is currently sitting in a playoff spot. So we're excited about that one. <laughs> our team with our buddy Anthony Amico did not fare so well. So we, we do... You know, want to note that one also just for, for balance's sake. We're pretty excited about how these teams are looking through three weeks, especially because a lot of things that we know are going to turn around haven't quite happened yet, right? So a lot of these teams are in pretty good shape, despite the fact, I think the most mind-boggling stat for me of the weekend is the Cowboys, Bills, Chiefs, they scored 118 points. But Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, CeeDee Lamb, not impact players in those games. So, you know, you can look at that one of two ways. The, the one is, you know, if they can score without these guys, then that's maybe not great. Number two, if teams are hell-bent on taking those receivers away, then, you know, th these teams can score in other manners. So it's not like they have to force the ball to these guys. But I think that the big takeaway is that these offenses are very dynamic. They're going to score a lot of points. And in a lot of ways, these were non-competitive approaches from the defense, 
right? I mean, if you're going to take some guys away, but then not cover anybody else and let yourself get slaughtered, then I mean, I don't actually think that's a blueprint for success. Now, for the Kansas City Chiefs, we've seen them lose two weeks in a row. They did some squirrely things in both games. They start the game with the three turnovers. They rally into the lead. The Chargers win because they're very aggressive on fourth down. So this is something the Chiefs have had to deal with now several times through three weeks. It's something they're going to have to deal with all season. When you have Patrick Mahomes and you're going to score a bunch of points, you've been to -to back-to-back Super Bowls, and teams know that they need to get into the 30s, they're going to go on fourth down against you. So Andy Reid and, and company, they need to have a plan for dealing with this and knowing that their defense is going to face face fourth down, right? You can't have a plan for third down on third and 15 that allows the team to get, you know, 10 yards back. They're going to go on fourth and five, right? And so you've got to adjust to some of these kinds of things. You also probably have to adjust in this situation with Tyreek Hill. They've made the decision and we're still pretty early on and I don't know how this is going to pan out, but they've added Josh Gordon. They went after some guys in free agency. They did not get them. Uh, in this game, again, Demarcus Robinson, a non-factor. Byron Pringle was terrible, made some some big mistakes. The backup tight ends contributed to interceptions. Uh, McCole Hardman scores a touchdown, but again, otherwise invisible. So, uh, I mean, you could say that the defensive approach on Hill did work, but that's not really what caused these turnovers. So the Chiefs would have still scored a ton of points. How are you feeling about... Hill, Diggs, Lamb, and the fact that their teams have scored a ton, but they weren't very involved this weekend. I'm still obviously a bit like you kind of hinted at there. I don't expect this to to be the trend. I expect throughout the season that they're going to have their big weeks. Obviously, if you have maybe two of these guys in one lineup, which would be a, a really nice lineup to start off with, um, you know, when it happens in a week like this, it can feel like the world is falling down. But that isn't the case. It's a, a one-off. Like they're not going to, you know, at the end of the season, they may average twenty points uh, a week or points per game, but in this situation we're going to see them uh you know not consistently have 20 points each and every week it might be a 40 point week and then a lower week like we've had here so i think it's a good sign that the offenses are scoring those points i do think that different defenses are going to look at handling them in different ways um and obviously that's going to open like we've seen Devonte adams and the packers really struggle against the saints and then Devontae Adams has a really big week this week has a solid week last week and you're going to see Tyreek Hill have monster weeks struggle some weeks depending on how defenses are set up we've seen that with Stefan Diggs as well this week and unfortunately sometimes the situation in the game just leans another way we talked before the show about CD Lamb being wide open in the end zone and uh, you know Dak Prescott looking another way and you know a, a different a different uh, play call or a different scenario Dak Prescott tosses the ball to Lamb we have a touchdown there so these things will sometimes just change week to week and it'll be be pretty fine for these guys so i'm pretty pretty confident but you mentioned the things you know that haven't really started to fall into place i guess for some of our zero rb bills and for those teams to be in positive situations at this stage only three weeks in. i think people are very quick to you know say oh two weeks in, i'm right three weeks in, i'm right the one thing we talk a lot in this show about is like it's a it's a season long process and we're not just going to decide that we're right after one or two weeks what we're going to tell you is that on most occasions we're going to be probably wrong and that's why over the season the process that we're going to put in place is going to help us achieve those goals and i think where a lot of the teams that are very confident in their process at the moment are going to probably see them 
fall down is when we get to these bye weeks. I think people get overly confident early in the season about their depth, about the strength of their roster. And then when a couple of these injuries pop up, like maybe a Christian McCaffrey team heading into week four, um, you know, like a team with maybe not as many wide receivers, and then we pick up an injury or two, they're the teams that are going to start to struggle a little bit. So I'm I'm starting to usually I don't look forward too much to those bye weeks. And we, we've talked a lot in the draft season about the dreaded week seven bye week. So maybe we'll not look forward to week seven because we have a lot of players that we like involved then. But things have changed dramatically even since week one. So the teams will look different uh, come week seven. But the bye weeks I think will start to make it very very interesting for those teams. Sean, uh, do you think that is something that you know will start to I guess shake out some of these teams who maybe now look to be contenders who will will start to fall away a little bit. It definitely will. Your team depth is going to be a, a big part of how that portion plays out. Now we uh, talk about how some of these teams are doing well. It, it's also the case that there are going to be listeners out there who have zero RB or even just traditional teams where you know you're one and two and maybe your point total isn't great, or you're zero oh and three. Maybe you had some bad luck losses or maybe your again point total isn't great i wouldn't worry that much at this point right i I always like to note this team that i had that scored 49 points in week one this is about a decade ago now but a zero rb team you know didn't have the right combination that week went on to win the league easily it also depends a little bit on your format i've had several main event teams where they ended up one even ended up like four and nine and made the playoffs on points because the power of having those wide receivers as you go down the stretch is so significant that you can make up these big point staggers. So I'm feeling very good about the teams that are doing well. I'm feeling good about the teams that aren't doing quite as well. One of the things that I saw and talked a little bit about in the article is that there was sort of a rebalancing this week and that we had Josh Allen explode. He had been letting the people who drafted him down a little bit. You have Saquon Barkley bounce back. Now, obviously, our teams are very wide receiver heavy, but Barkley was such a discount that we do have him on a lot of teams. For us, for the uh, sort of Rotoviz owner teams, the teams that Ben and I have, it was great to see him come back with a big game. So in a lot of situations, it was the teams that weren't off to a great start that had a big week three, had a lot of the teams that I drafted with. Curtis Dave Blair score 170 plus points this past week and kind of pull into a very strong competition in those leagues. So it's kind of fun to see that uh, when you have teams that run away from the rest of the group early on. That's maybe not quite as fun. But yeah, I, uh, you know, we had questions last week about Giovanni Bernard. You know, can you cut him? And we said, well, you know, if you're in a situation where you need to because your roster is not that deep, then you probably can. But if you can stay the course at all, make sure that you do that. And then we saw him come back with a big game against the Rams. Now, the Buccaneers are probably not going to trail a ton. And Gio did pick up an injury in this one, so he may not be healthy for a while. So uh, that just gives kind of a sense of how quickly things can change. And again, why depth is so important. Gio goes from someone who you're thinking maybe I can cut to someone who scores 20 points to someone who now is out with an injury. And so just... In that very short span of time, we see these multiple changes. Again, that's where the depth comes into play. Colin, we should talk just for a moment about the listener leagues. Uh, Frequent listeners know what we're talking about here. We drafted five of these leagues this offseason in the FFPC Best Ball Contest. 
They were an absolute blast. I'm looking forward already to doing these again next season. The group that we drafted with in each league were a lot of fun. We had some great discussions there in the chat. And because the leagues were so wide receiver heavy, you and I got put in some situations where we had to take some running back values. And one of the things that you do find is that a running back value is, I mean, it's just never a value, right? So we're in a situation here in the five leagues. We're in second. I always like to lead off with the good one. We're in second, <laughs> seventh, eighth, 11th, and 11th. And I don't think it's any surprise that the team in second place is a three wide receiver start. The two teams in 11th place have two running backs in the first three rounds. And then not surprisingly, we have one with Judy, one with Mostert. Your teams that have injuries in a best ball format where you can't replace those guys are not going to do as well. And so that's, again, a reason why you need to be very deep at wide receiver so you can weather that. If you have a running back heavy start and then suffer an injury, I mean, you're, you're more or less done, right? So we see those leagues playing out a little bit like we would expect. The listeners did a fantastic job, uh, and I'm, I'm excited. Our team's in seventh and eighth. Hopefully they can rally back our team in second. We need to, to climb a little bit there in the first. I mean, you have to be realistic when you look at these things, right? If you can win one of these leagues, you would be very happy. Yeah, no, I agree. And there was a lot of competition with, with the listeners there. The one thing I mentioned a moment ago, and I'll probably mention it many more times throughout the rest of the season, the season is more than just three weeks. It's more than just four weeks. This year, it's a week longer than it normally is. But in terms of the fantasy football season, it is still a longer process as well. And, uh, you know, we'll see where things shake out. I had a lot of teams, Sean, when I looked in my FFPC account, you know, after week one, and there was a lot of 9, 10, 11s in there. There's a lot of, you know, two, three, fours in there now. So, you know, as the things bounce back, we'll, we'll keep an update throughout the, the season on how those leagues are going to. But hopefully we can start a little bit of a charge uh, and move ourselves out of those 11th spots at least. But uh, we will be talking more about week three of the NFL season and looking ahead to the rest of the season right after this break. Hey, Rotoviz Radio listener, this is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast, and I've got a special deal for you today. Go to rotoviz.com, click the subscribe button, put the 12 month subscription in your cart, and use promo code RVRADIO2021. That's RVRADIO2021, and you're going to save 10%. Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package, is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now. NFL football is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find NFL tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. One of my bucket list items is certainly to head on over and see my Green Bay Packers over in Green Bay at Lambeau Field. I'm super excited to see how this season plays out. For the Packers, whether it's the Packers or any other team that you want to head and get in on the action this season and attend a game, whether it's a home game for your favorite team or it's on the road, TickPick has you covered. 
Visit techpack.com slash rotoviz today and use the promo code rotoviz to save 10% on your first order. So if you're thinking of going to a game this season, don't wait. Head on over, get those tickets, use the code rotoviz. That is techpack.com slash rotoviz. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So Sean, on uh, Sunday as the action was happening, I actually got two different things sent my way on Twitter. <laughs> They'll fit in here. You mentioned injuries. You actually mentioned the injury to Jerry Judy. I did get a, a, a message to say, just checking in on the mental health and well-being of the RVOT crew after the loss of KJ Hamler. Uh, how, how Sean, uh, obviously we miss him now for the rest of the season was a big part of uh, a lot of our lineups and that main event team that you talked about uh, and a lot of other lineups this week unfortunately we will have to move to the waiver wire to uh, move on from kj hamler obviously a, a very very disappointing uh, injury and once it happened we kind of knew that it was was a pretty severe looking one from the the way it happened yeah, you could see him come down. And again, it was a, a play where he just looked so explosive. And so you're excited about that. And then the aftermath, or as that continues, you see the way that his leg bends, you see his immediate reaction, and your heart just goes out to him. The mental state of the OT crew is great. The mental state for Hamler hopefully is okay. Uh, this is just heartbreaking in terms of the reality situation when these yeah. young players suffer injuries it really just sets them back in their careers and so 
you know, you don't wish that on anyone. You hope that he will have a swift recovery. It, it does just put a big dent in his long-term outlook now, although we do hope he recovers well. And it still kind of looks to me like the most likely scenario for 2022 is that Aaron Rodgers is leading this team. And, uh, you know, you think about Judy, you think about Sutton, Sutton, you know, you go from that massive game to then week three, they don't need him against the Jets. He doesn't do nearly as much, but uh, this group could be very, very dynamic. Noah Fant was out there committing pre-snap penalties. Like uh, that was his only agenda in week three. He's, he's probably not going to be that bad most weeks. Uh, you have Albert O. We, we made some efforts to pronounce his last name last week. We won't do that right now, but uh, we're obviously rooting for him. So, uh, you know, if you can add him in Dynasty now, especially if you have IR positions, then I would do that. Uh, yeah, we, we still love him, but it's just it, it's sad from a reality perspective there you know just that note on rogers you, you have this situation now where we have the two super divisions right one the nfc west i think we were kind of counting on that the rams look like the super bowl favorites in the nfc you have the cardinals doing some squirrely things against the jaguars but pulling it out that flea flicker uh definitely came back that haunt the jags in a hurry there you have the 49ers who have looked pretty bad really through three weeks but are undefeated and then Seattle struggling a little bit, but still, I mean, they're going to factor into that race as well when you have Russell Wilson and those receivers there. So that one expected. The other one on the AFC side may be a little bit less expected. We knew that the Kansas City Chiefs would be a great team. Uh, they've played three good teams. They've lost a couple of close games. They could be 0-3, right? They could have easily lost that game against the Cleveland Browns. We would expect them to bounce back, but they're going to have to do it Within the context of a dynamic division where Derek Carr, I mean, he's kind of the NFC version of Matthew Stafford, right? Where, I mean, you have to start giving him a little bit of stealth MVP love with what he has done there. Justin Herbert, the way that uh, he's elevated Mike Williams this season has been phenomenal to watch. Uh, Williams, someone we were on very heavily early, have some uh, articles on the site talking about his 50-year breakout potential. And then... Now, this is one where you just kind of really regret the fact that you have access to newspapers because the beat writers were reporting that he was invisible in camp. And with how heavy the shares were early on, decided to kind of dial that back a little bit as we went forward. Wasn't a priority for me down the stretch. That is, yeah, like I said, that's unfortunate because he is lighting the world on fire. Looks like the guy that they wanted when they drafted him number 10 overall. He is on that team that Ben and I drafted with Davis Maddock. That team put up 180 plus points uh, this past week. So it had the Herbert Williams connection there. And then you have the Denver Broncos who behind Teddy Bridgewater have been very impressive. They've got uh, sort of a, an underrated defense or, or not underrated necessarily, but just it doesn't tend to be the main thing you think about when they have Teddy Bridgewater there at QB. But especially if they can get Judy back now, they're getting a little bit thinner at the receiving positions, but they do have those two tight ends. They have Cortland Sutton, uh, Tim Patrick, is continuing his sort of mini breakout. And so that that's going to be a battle. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's one of these things where the Chiefs loss on Sunday was very, very frustrating. At the same time, this is going to be fun. I mean, they've been so good the last several years that it was inevitable what would happen by midway through the season. And Sundays were actually a little bit boring because they were just so good. I mean, you, you get spoiled so fast when you have 
you know, the best players. And now they're, I mean, they're, they've got a long road to go. And so I, I can't help but take some excitement from that. I'm looking forward to it. Colin, I think the other big question, and we did a little bit of a profile on Clyde Edwards Lair last week. He came back this week, fumbled again. I just, I mentioned this on Ceiling Bananas, but just want to mention it again. Andy Reid goes right back to him, and he has one of the best games of his young career. Now, he's got to stop fumbling because that fumble really was a hinge point in the game. And yet, uh, you just see the positive coaching from Reid, and you see one of the reasons why the players love him. I mean, he's just a fantastic leader. He had a little bit of a health scare on Sunday. Glad to see that that almost certainly was just some dehydration. Now, Edwards Allaire goes for 100 yards. That's probably actually the recipe for the Chiefs to lose, (laughs) which they did do. Uh, but we will be really excited to get a 100-yard game at this point from Jonathan Taylor. I don't think I have ever, ever, just, I mean, not once in, you know, however long of watching football from being, you know, a little kid to obviously recently uh, doing this for a living. I don't think I've ever seen a game where a team has one of the best players at its position, maybe one of the best players in the entire NFL he is dominating the opponent, and instead the team goes to a terrible player on their team and lets him lose a game that the team should have easily won. But that's what we have to happen this week with the Indianapolis Colts and Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, and um, obviously some of the listeners might be thinking maybe that terrible player <laughs> is another running back. But I, I don't think that's what uh, Sean means here. I think he's talking about Carson Wentz at the quarterback position. I just want to clarify, Sean, that is who we're talking about here. It is. Not Ham Hines. I mean, he's good, right? He's he, good. He, and that's, he looked good. That's a little bit of the problem. I mean, when you're good enough to be this dynamic space back, and we talk all the time, it's just unfortunate if you're kind of playing it the opposite way. So some of these things are just always a matter of, well, you think it's good strategy because you have the player or you think it's bad strategy because you need a different player to do well. There's always a little bit of that. We don't try and pretend that we're not biased here. One of the things that we try and bring into it is this idea that we are very active fantasy players and uh, going through that means going through all the things that fantasy players go through. And we see the games through the lens of some of our own rosters. At the same time, when you see what the Colts did here, with Wentz, I don't even have a huge problem with them using Hines, obviously. He's very, very good. He's one of our favorite players. But, Colin, I mean, this one was pretty mind-blowing. I was going to say, I think like there's a lot of backfields we might be very biased one way or the other in a way, like saying this is the guy we want. Let's say, for example, if we're looking at uh, Tampa Bay with Ronald Jones. But we, for whatever amount of seasons we've been doing the show, we've talked a lot about Hines and his work out of the backfield. And, he actually, what was surprising was that the touchdown that he got this week was, um, you know, a rushing touchdown. But I thought he looked really good. But I thought the two running backs in this game looked awesome uh, against the the Titans. Uh, you know, Taylor had 10 carries, 64 yards, but was just, you know, taking big chunks out uh, each and every time. But the problem, I think, that you're hinting at is, is Wentz having 39 dropbacks and completing 19 passes. Um it just didn't really make sense even watching the game live it wasn't making sense what was working um they were kind of doing what wasn't working more than what was working so um i i think that was the, the the biggest problem here and i think each game we've seen jonathan taylor has looked pretty good in what he's been given the opportunity to do the problem is is the workload seems to be they, they seem to be leaning a lot more on the passing game than the running game when 
what we've seen out of the passing game has been been very inefficient. Yeah, and this is one where your team was in the game, and there, there are going to be situations where you have to go to a weakness. And most of the time, one of the things that you see is that even when you've got a great running back like a Derrick Henry, I mean, the Titans are more efficient passing the ball than they are running the ball. And so, you know, it seems hypocritical in a way to suggest, okay, well, this team should run it when almost all the time we're saying these teams should pass it. But, I mean, this is a case where you have a Colts offense that has very little talent at the QB position. They also have very little talent at, at wide receiver, right? And so uh, this is a game where if they give Jonathan Taylor 25 carries, I mean, he may go for 200 yards. I mean, he was slicing through the Titans defense at will. He's got that extra gear. You give him some more. I mean, he does this without creating too many big plays. Now he has a, a somewhat large run early, but I mean, this is the kind of game where you would expect him if he gets 25 carries to have a 60 yard run at some point. I mean, he looked that good. The Titans defense looked that overmatched. And yet it just didn't go that way at all. Now, some of it is a little bit of bad luck. I was kind of following this one on the bottom line and watching a bunch of other games. And then when I went back and watched it in shortcuts, it's like, I got to try and figure out how in a game that was relatively close throughout. I mean, how is it possible you get a 10 for 64 line from Taylor? You know, did he get hurt? Did he get banged up? I mean, and then you go through it and look at it and no, it just, they went in a different direction, right? So they have a play with 550 go in the first half they begin that drive with some misdirection they lose seven yards that ruins the drive before it starts they have a shot to taylor on third down with a screen pass they had a couple of screen passes that didn't work so uh, they are trying to get him the ball in space as well you know maybe even if he catches one of those and takes it for 20 yards you feel a little bit better about this game but then the first drive of the second half Taylor goes for six yards on fourth and one. That gets the ball to the Tennessee 15. And then Wentz goes incomplete, incomplete, incomplete. The next drive begins with Taylor two carries for 14 yards. At that point, Wentz goes incomplete, incomplete sack. And so one of the problems that the teams will have is there's really no good play to run the ball, right? Just purely from the perspective of maximizing points, maximizing first downs, you know, minimizing third downs, which we talk about that you want to do. There's no great time to run the ball. But when you're the Colts and you have Wentz, you know, at first and 10, you've got to try it some. You have second and 10, you've got to try it some. You look over at the Cincinnati Bengals and what they're doing with Joe Mixon, and that's kind of frustrating too because a lot of those situations, it doesn't make sense to use Mixon instead of Joe Burrow. But even doing it to that extent can work all right if the quarterback's efficient. What you need is both elements to work together if you're going to run the ball at all. That's one of the things that has helped Derrick Henry recently is that they can do some of this more run-heavy stuff and then when they need to, Tannehill will bail them out to an extent. He's making some plays in the passing game. Now, the other side of the ball is frustrating in this one, too. You know, we don't have a ton of A.J. Brown because guys like Justin Jefferson were available in the same range and, you know, had ranked higher. Jefferson, not with the same buy issue. But we do have Brown ranked pretty high. We know that some of the listeners have him. Uh, he's one of our favorite players and from a reality perspective. And so... You know, this game a real bummer to see Taylor not be involved and see A.J. Brown go out early with the hamstring. And it sounds like perhaps similar to McCaffrey, this may not be a one-week injury. So lots of games went well on Sunday. The Titans-Colts game was not one of them.
Yeah, no, definitely, definitely was not one of them. Uh, Sean, we will save some of the other stuff for our show coming out on Thursday. But one other thing that did come in over Twitter that I wanted to to get your thoughts on, it was from one of our regular uh, listeners, Frank Duffy. He did say, happy Connor Day. So it took three weeks, but James Connor reaches the end zone. That's right. And this is kind of what we expected. And it's one of those reasons why it's important to be patient. Now, I thought that, and just to have the perspective of, you know, different things that happen in different weeks, you know, that the first week, most of the things that occur that look like, okay, well, these guys are going to be amazing. These guys are going to be terrible. If it's different than what you saw the previous season, then unless you're talking about a second year player emerging, then it's probably just, you know, some of those things that swing on a weekly basis. Now, some of them are not right. Obviously the Cooper cup emergence and not just emergence, but mega explosion. explosion. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that one is continuing. And even though cup is probably a sell, depending on, you know, you have to sell pretty high. You're not going to sell just to take, you know, a mild profit. Uh, You know, he's probably a little bit of a sell. Robert Woods, obviously a little bit of a buy, but you know, we expect cup to continue to look great. The thing that we were excited about with Connor is that he needed to come through here. Now we've been mentioning, you know, we've got the great advanced stats now on the site. You can go in and look at the evasion percentage. You can look at the missed tackles, the abated tackles. You know, you can compare that to how these guys have looked the last couple of years. And the peripherals for Connor have been very good, even when the results have been kind of iffy. But at the same time, you know, you're watching the games, you're seeing how the guys look, you're seeing the level of explosiveness they bring to the table. Edmonds had looked so good. Connor looked so mediocre that there was the, the potential, I think, for Connor to be completely relegated in this offense. He needed to show some things to do kind of what they had signed him to do. He also had a pretty crazy one-handed catch in this game. I mean, it's just a little screen pass, but if the screen pass is, is thrown that far behind you and you make that kind of one-handed stab, it still raises some eyebrows. And so that's a positive because I think he could have been, you know, more or less out of the offense if he didn't do some of the things we were looking for. We talked about last week, they didn't have the touches down by the goal line. This week they did. He converted those. Uh, that's great if you have Connor in. Uh, even if you had him on your bench, I think you can feel a little bit better about it. You know, if you're rooting for more Kyler Murray touches there. I mean, the, the game started out and you're like, oh my gosh here we go again because connor is in there they're at the one yard line and obviously they do the bootleg and murray scores the walk-in touchdown so yeah you got to watch past the first quarter you got to watch past the first three weeks but it was exciting to see him there another one this is a, a pretty big week for some of our zero running back targets trey sermon gets in the end zone uh, it was it was good to see him have some decent plays, even though, again, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo was bad and the 49ers offense did not look good in this particular game. You hate to have it happen through injury, but we talked all offseason about Chuba Hubbard, you know, before the draft. Like, this is the kind of guy that you need to be creating exposure to, even if you don't like him as a prospect. Then after the draft, like, well, now he's super inexpensive. And so we're going to continue to add him and. Uh, you know, if something should happen to McCaffrey, then he'll be a big upgrade on what they had with Mike Davis. He looked very good in this game. And the fact that Sam Darnold has been, uh, he's got to be everything that they could have possibly hoped for at this point. Now, you know, he needs to get Robbie Anderson a little more involved. Uh, He needs to do the same thing with some of their peripheral receivers, possibly. But the way that he's unlocking DJ Moore, the way that their team is moving the ball, they're continuing to get the backs involved in ways that, just make it easy to create yards and to create chunks. I mean, that's what you're looking to do with your running backs. He has 11 for 52 as a runner, three for 27 as a receiver. I mean, he could be a running back one 
during the time period where McCaffrey is out. Now that would be aggressive. There's a, a possibility here that Royce Freeman actually takes a pretty decent percentage of the overall touches. Obviously, when teams have a week to prepare with with CMC not in there, then you know the defenses could look different. They may force the team to do some things that are a little bit less comfortable. But I'm excited to see what he can do in this time period. I hope McCaffrey is back as soon as possible. But uh, I'm excited to see what Hubbard can do uh, over these next two or three weeks because you know he, he was really the the bright spot on Thursday night. In addition to DJ Moore, I mean DJ Moore twenty. Points really in the first half, you know, if they had needed it, probably could have had a 35, 40 point game. The Panthers are one of the real surprise teams of the NFL, and it'll be exciting to track their progress as the season goes on. Yeah, it will be. And the reason I wanted to touch on the Connor thing as well was, um, again, like I mentioned earlier, if that had happened in week one, people would have been saying like, oh, it's amazing. We've got James Connor in our rosters. After two weeks, we were like, that was a wasted draft pick. After three weeks, we're like, oh, let's see how it plays out. So this season i'm taking a much more kind of let's see how it plays out approach than maybe other years and try and stay as even keel as possible that's going to get us towards the end of the show i did ask last week for player names suggestions for the intro uh, kj hamler was one of the most requested ones sean so maybe we'll have to pivot off, off kj hamler unfortunately but we'll uh, keep taking those suggestions this week for the show introduction uh, the other part we're looking for is we are coming up to episode 300 if you have any questions that you want to ask myself or sean that are non-football related we might do a bonus show send them my way on twitter at overtime ireland or email them in at overtime ireland at gmail.com or rotovizradio at gmail.com and sean mentioned a short time ago about some of the advanced metrics available up on the website as well as the tools and the content you can get yourself access to all of that and get yourself of a 10 percent discount to a road of his nfl pass all you have to do is add the code rv radio 2021 at checkout or go to rotavis.com forward slash podcast for further information that is going to take us to the end of today's podcast we will be back on thursday we'll have another show on saturday sean did mention it briefly in passing stealing bananas had a week uh tree recap where they really dived into a lot more topics around uh the the week tree action we are trying to not overlap too much on the content so some of the stuff we don't talk about on ot this week will be covered on stealing bananas as well so make sure you're checking out what the guys are talking about there on stealing bananas until we're back on thursday my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland my co-host as always is sean siegel check out sean's work up on rotoviz.com and until then have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.